Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, South Bay Spotlight, on October 22nd, 2020. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. Today's show is brought to you by Forever Memoirs. Forever Memoirs tell stories, your story. We produce A&E biography-style films for individuals, families, nonprofits, and others, complete with interviews, photographs, drawings, paintings, music, and narration to create invaluable memoirs of the past and present for generations to enjoy. Your personal family history is more important than anything your children will ever see in a movie or on television. We provide you with a way to document your history for yourself, for your children, and their children forever. Forever Memoirs can provide a free consultation at 310-379-9822. Call now. Forever Memoirs will professionally interview your family and weave into that biography all the photos, keepsakes, mementos, paintings, archival film, and music that will aid in the telling of the story of that person's life and capture the laughter and the wisdom forever. Call us to discuss the possibility at 310-379-9822 and have that conversation before life gets in the way again at 310-379-9822. Call now. I'm your host, Joe Terry. You can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. That's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. And of course, I'm usually not alone, but my uh, great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay show, Jackie Belester, is silent today because that's a silent partnership because she's not here. And uh, I, I wish her the, uh, the best. She's uh, escaped the South Bay for a short time, escaped the bubble and uh, on vacation. But uh, we will try to do our best while she's away. Um, our guests this morning are Kenneth Brown, Siana Collado, Boutte, and David Kartsunas from El Camino College. Uh, Kenneth Brown uh, is currently the vice president of the uh, governing board of trustees at El Camino uh, Community College District in Torrance, California. He has served on the staff at California State University of Dominguez Hills since 2002 as an adjunct professor of physics, teaching physical science and, uh, and uh, math and technology. Ken received his uh, BS in computer science and uh, a bachelor of science in physics from Morehouse College in Atlanta and a, a master's degree in science in applied physics from Clark Atlanta University, uh, Brown joined Northrop Gumman in 2015 after serving for more than 20 years as a senior engineer and product project controls liaison with uh, NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena. Ken 
uh, last worked as a systems uh, engineering analyst for uh, the Mars Science Laboratory External Meteorology Project. Uh, Ken also served the California Department of Education as a content review panel expert during California State's California State Board Science Primary Adoption uh, and uh, helped author the next generation science standards being used in classrooms today in over 40 states. In 2016, Ken was elected to the California Community College Trustees Board, where he serves or provides input to help guide decisions to serve the organization's member colleges better. In 2020, he was elected to serve as president-elect of the CCCT board. On a national level, Ken was appointed to serve on the Association of Community College Trustee Public Policy and Advocacy, Advocacy Committee. The ACCT is the organization that represents over 6,500 trustees and more than 520 governing boards who govern public and private community, technical and junior colleges across the U.S., Canada, and the United Kingdom. In 2018, he was nominated and selected as the Black Engineer of the Year Modern Day Technology Leader Award recipient for 2019. Sienna Collado Boutte was born and raised in San Pedro. California uh, to Panamanian uh, immigrant parents. After graduating from the sixth grade, she moved to Panama and attended the prestigious St. Mary's School in the Canal Zone. She graduated as valedictorian and class vice president and moved back to California. She attended uh, El Camino College in Torrance, where she was the student representative on the Board of Trustees and graduated with uh, Associates in Science in Business Administration. Uh, Sienna uh, then transferred to USC, where she was the founding member coordinator of the Hispanic Scholarship Fund Scholar Chapter. She graduated from USC with a a BA in International Relations with Honors. Uh, Sienna studied law at Southwestern University and was very involved in the Student Bar Association, the Latino Law Students Association, and the Black Student Law Association. While in the BLSA, she was part of the moot court team that went to nationals and won second place. She also was a member of the school's first BLSA mock trial team that won first place at the regional competition. During her time after graduation and before bar results, uh, Sienna was an ABOTA fellow. During and after law school, she uh, worked at the law office of William Beverly in Torrance, where she was a law clerk and later a litigation associate. Uh, Sienna was a, a deputy district attorney at the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office, Compton Branch, where she was assigned to murders and complex gang cases. Prior to that, Sienna was, uh, did her juvenile uh, rotation in Long Beach. She was assigned to the Torrance Branch Victim Impact Program, the office's uh, equivalent of SVU. Uh, she handled domestic violence, adult and child sexual abuse cases, and murders. She was pro- promoted to grade three in 2012 and received a not-so-common 
far exceeded expectations evaluation. During the eight year, uh, eight plus years as a deputy DA, uh, Sienna also worked at the Glendale, uh, El Monte and Inglewood offices where she handled misdemeanor and felony cases from arraignment through trial. She eventually got her teaching fix while at the DA's office and taught project lead for over 10 years. Uh, Project lead is a uh, program targeted to inner city uh, fifth graders about the criminal justice system during the entire school year. Sienna was also an adjunct professor at Southwestern Law School, where she taught criminal law in action uh, during the winter and summer sessions. Sienna's Sienna's accomplishments in the courtroom include an unprecedented $41.6 million verdict in a bench trial in Santa Monica for a brutally uh, slain mother. She was uh, honored by receiving the Distinguished Panamanian in the legal field by Viva Panama in 2014. Uh, Raised in the South Bay, David Kartsunas started attending El Camino College early at the age of 13. Uh, At 16 years old, he earned his Associates of Arts degree becoming the youngest student to graduate from that college. Uh, While at El Camino, David participated in many activities, including teaching multiple classes while with full-time faculty as a TA. Uh, After ECC, uh, he received the Regents Scholarship uh, to the University of California, Santa Barbara, and finished his education there before returning to the South Bay to run and co-own at his uh, family's training and production company, Baker's Man in Torrance, David's career in training has made him an expert in online education as well as in classroom training, uh, working on projects uh, for major companies like Honda, Disney, AT&T, and, of course, California State University. Uh, David holds certifications in virtual reality design from Goldsmiths University of London uh, and epidemiology from the University of Uh, North Carolina, Chapel Hill. David served on the El Camino College Foundation for 11 years, two of those as president. During that time, he was a key member in many programs, uh, including the uh, Osher Initiative, the creation of the Warrior Pantry, uh, the South Bay Promise, uh, the Road Ahead Celebrity Benefit for El Camino uh, College, and the Chromebook Pilot Program. During his presidency, the foundation grew and awarded approximately 1,300 scholarships and 1.6 million in scholarships and campus support. David has also served uh, as appointee to the El Camino College uh, Community College District Citizens Bond Oversight Committee for three years where he provided oversight Uh, of the usage of $744 million in property tax-backed bonds. In addition to his service to El Camino College, David serves as a commissioner in the city of Torrance, uh, appointed by the city council, and vice president of the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation. There are big changes and issues uh, for higher education on the ballot this November, right here in the South Bay. This year's El Camino College trustee election is unusually important 
and historic because three seats uh, are open. Um, the District uh, 3 seat is open because Bill Beverly, an attorney, uh, is retiring from the board after serving for three decades. Uh, in addition, uh, District 4 trustee Mary Combs is not seeking re-election, and District 1 trustee Ken Brown is up for re-election. Uh, in addition, President uh, Dina M- uh, Maloney is retiring at the end of the current school year. So one-third, it turns out, of the faculty at El Camino College is full-time, and two-thirds are part-time, and faculty pay raises will be top on the agenda for the newly elected board. We are going to discuss all of this with our guests today. Today, sorry, Sienna, David, Ken, welcome to the program. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Thank you for having Thanks me. so much. Good morning. Thank you. Quite an introduction. Quite an introduction. Um, well, and, and uh, you know, my executive producer, uh, she often uh, uh, waxes poetically about, but, but there was no waxing poetically. There was just a lot of detail in the biographies for, the, for these three people we have uh, on the show today. I'm so thrilled to have all of you. Um, you're all so well accomplished. And, but I have to start with you, David, because you really were kind of the impetus for this show. Um, just tell us briefly, David, uh, why was it so important and why did you think it was uh, key to have more people ask questions about the El Camino College Board of Trustees election? Thank you. Well, I, this is something that the college has always been important to me, um, obviously. And you just heard a, uh, a very long version of my resume, uh, and thank you for that. But um, I, having served 10 years on, or 11 years on the foundation, um, three years on the Bond Oversight Committee, uh, El Camino is just, it's an important place to me. So this is this position uh, as a trustee of the college is kind of a, a next logical step. Essentially, the board of trustees, for those who are listening who don't uh, fully understand what the heck that title even means, uh, it's essentially a school board uh, position, but it's a school board at the community college level. So this is the group, the five five elected people who run the college. Essentially, they hire the administration. Um, or they hire the, the president um, and then make decisions on behalf of the community uh, at, the, at El Camino College. So there's a, a lot of things I had always wanted to do at El Camino. Um, unfortunately, right now, I think um, all the, the wants um, have, been, uh, have been displaced by all the needs. Um, everyone knows what's going on, and you can turn on your TV and hear the word coronavirus said 15 times uh, an hour. But um, mm-hmm. but COVID is a big is a big deal. The state budget is a big deal. Um, the California state budget is is not in a good place, and it's not going to be in a good place for a while. And um, despite what was said early on, uh, it was said early on that this is not going to affect education. Um, that is. Mm-hmm turned out to be nonsense. <laughs> it's not, it's absolutely going mm. to affect education. It's going to affect everything. Um, mm. And so now we're pivoting from what maybe we wanted to do as trustees to what we absolutely need to do to, um, 
to remain solvent. Uh, we've seen it before, and people take it for granted, but community colleges do suffer. Um, they do uh, essentially cease to exist. Uh, I mean, you can see what happened uh, in in San Francisco, and I know some of the other uh, people online probably know this even better than I do, but San Francisco and Compton, where when you lose a, accreditation as a college, and El Camino mm-hmm. done a fantastic job uh, and never really had any issues. But when you do get to a position where you lose accreditation, it is devastating to the mm-hmm. community. It is absolutely devastating. Luckily for Compton, El Camino was there to step in and get them back on their feet. Uh, but uh, but it's just a dev- uh, can you imagine being a student ready to graduate and then wondering now all of a sudden is your degree actually going to be from an accredited university or from an accredited college? It's just it it could be right, really right. devastating to the community. Uh, years of of effort and and all kinds of sacrifices um, in balance, yeah. And and I want to move David on to uh, Sienna. I. I I know for a fact, and of course, in your introduction, we know that um, you have a very uh, long history with uh, Bill Beverly, um, who is retiring from the board after serving for, for three decades. And so you must have heard stories from him and, and uh, uh, are aware of challenges that, that he faced during those years uh, working working closely with him in his offices. Tell us about that and, and why you made the decision to run, Sienna. Thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so Bill Beverly was the president of the Board of Trustees at the time. I was a student trustee, and that's where I met him. And if you mm-hmm. read the Easy Reader article that came out last week, I, you know, our, our relationship at first wasn't um, as, as tight as it is now, but back then I just mm-hmm. felt like he always kind of questioned and you know, how do you back up everything I would say? And I really just want to make sure that I based my decisions on evidence and not emotions and, um, you know, just rumors. So along the way, um, he, he kind of mentored me to go into law school. And, and, yeah, I would hear stories of, like, negotiations with the faculty union. And it always seemed like a stressful period of time for everyone involved because I know that, you know, as a trustee, you're not an advocate for a particular constituent group. You're a representative of, you have to balance everyone's interest. The taxpayers that elect mm-hmm. you, the students that you're there to serve, the faculty and staff that are there to serve the students, and, um, you know, make sure every, everything runs smoothly. So, yeah, I would hear about mm-hmm. stories, you know, picketing and complaining and all that. And I, I didn't have much time to think about whether or not to run because he kind of made a last-minute decision. Well, that's the story of my life, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of take a leap. You take a leap of faith, and like David, I, too, share a love for El Camino. It's not just a college. It's a family to me. That's where I got my wings mm-hmm. and the confidence to mm-hmm. go into the professional world. And um, I've kept in touch with a foundation and attended events and mentored students along the way. So I think that if I want to ensure that this college is available for students in the future, that I have to step up and um, do my part. And I know that I'll do it for the right reasons, not because I'm in someone's agenda or have it in someone's pocket. I'm doing it because I care for mm-hmm. the college as a whole. And I know it won't be easy because we're facing, you know, hi- having to hire a new president, um, and not a great budget for the state, the country, the world as a whole. We're, you know, we're not going to have limitations and facing issues that are stemming from coronavirus, as David mentioned. So I know mm-hmm. it's a challenge, but I'm up for it, and um, I welcome it. 
Well, thank you. Thank you. And, and Ken Brown, I mean, you're, you're obviously um, serving on the board, uh, the governing uh, trustee board also, and uh, you know how important uh, it is uh, continuing, as, as both David and Sienna have said, when, when, and I'm going to throw you the first softball question that I have for all three of you. We, we have some hard questions, <laughs> and then we have some softball questions. But the softball all question, right, if, you right. can, if you can uh, elaborate, is, is who do the go- governing board of trustees serve? That's a great question, Joe. I mean, I, 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 I tell people all the time, everyone has a boss. Right, and so when you look at a college structure, any college, whether it's community college, uh, UC, CSUs, privates, when you look at the department that you're that you're taking a class in, they have a department chair. The department chair usually has uh, a dean that's their that there's manager or their boss. Uh, the dean usually has a boss. It's usually the VP, the vice president. The vice president obviously has a boss, which is the president. But who hires the president? And that's what the board of trustees does. And the board of trustees hire the CEO, the president. But who are the who are the board of trustees beholden to? And they're actually beholden to the people and the um, the uh, electorate, the people that put them into. Um, into the seat, that voted them into the seat. California is a little unique that California has uh, their board of trustees for all of 115 community colleges. Those are elected positions. But if you go to places like Texas or Florida or Alabama, it's, it's, a, little bit mi- it's a little bit mixed. And so um, many, many of those seats are appointed. But here in California, all the board of trustees uh, uh, at the community colleges are, are elected. And so you know, my job is to make sure that I serve not only when, – when we, when we say the college district or the community, it's about the voters, mm-hmm. it's about the students, it's about the faculty, the staff, the administration. So um, that's, that's, I guess, the, uh, that, that's the, uh, the power or that's the responsibility of a board of trustees. Right, right. And, and, and Sienna really answered that question right off the bat, that students, faculty um, – taxpayers uh and uh david uh to to get back to the hard questions and and we'll have we have plenty of time to cover all of the questions that uh should be raised and and that voters are um uh should be aware of uh the issues on the table but the key issue for me david and and you you first talked about this when you first uh contacted us is the issue of faculty raises and faculty, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, salaries are on the table in this, this next go round with the next board. Tell us a little bit about the state of that, David, and, and why people should be watching and aware of things. Sure, absolutely. And uh, I can give you some good news to start, uh, is that the, as of Monday, I believe, uh, the the latest negotiation has uh, essentially come to a close uh, and has been approved by the current board of trustees and the uh, the AFT, which is the faculty union, um, the classified union, and the police officers uh, association 
uh, finish their uh, their negotiations um, uh, month. I want to say months ago. Ken would Ken would know better exactly the timeline on that. Uh, but they finally come to a close on the faculty union, um, and there is a uh, there is a deal that's been ratified by uh, their members uh, and the and the board of trustees. So we should not have right. to deal with another one for three years. Uh, but I will say, however, that does mean that this whoever's elected during this this cycle will be um, will be responsible for that. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Uh, so I know there's a, I mean, there's, there's a, a lot to talk talk about here. Um, obviously, I think mm-hmm. I can think I can speak for everyone on the call. Um, our record kind of reflects it that um, that the teachers, the faculty at El Camino College is is really our most important resource as as a college. Like like Ken said, we have we have kind of three stakeholders at El Camino that we. Um, not necessarily have to answer to, but we have to consider um, as as a board. Mm. Uh, that would be the taxpayers, homeowners, voters, the people who actually paid to create this college, uh, the people who who um, who are actually responsible for for this existing. Uh, we have the students, uh, which is the organ, which are the people who that who those voters actually created this college for. Um, they're the product, essentially, of El Camino College. And then we have our faculty and staff who make it, make it all possible. And without them, wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Uh, so we need to be able to attract um, top quality uh, educators uh, because that's what our, our taxpayers and our homeowners demand, and that's what our students need. So... So I think I can speak for everyone on the call when I say that we want to pay them as much as possible. Where mm-hmm. we need to, I think where the, the point of discussion comes is where is the point of irresponsibility? Uh, because we do, mm-hmm. like Ken said, we have to answer to the taxpayers uh, and the homeowners and the voters um, as to what we've done with their money. Um, and right. and there are limited ways that the college gets money and and maybe we can talk about this a little bit too. And Ken, Ken can definitely uh, speak to this point, but we need to talk about the way that community colleges make money. Okay. Well, you, it, w- the way community colleges make money, how yeah, how so, you, so you, just you the way revenue where our money comes. From. Yeah, where our, our money comes from because we can get right. yeah we get our money we get money from the state, we get money right. from our students. Uh, we get money from our our um, so we need to to understand exactly where our money comes from, how much money we have, and then we can move on to the next step, which is what we what we do with that money. Because there are limited ways we we get money. We're not a we're not a business. It's not like if we need more money, we can go out and and work harder and make more money. We have a uh, right. We're living we're living on a fixed income essentially, and right. with COVID, it, one of the one of the important one of the important things that we're going to be dealing with is, as I mentioned earlier, the state budget, they have already deferred money to the college. So, so essentially money that, that the college has earned uh, by, by educating students, the state says, well, we'll IOU, we'll pay you, we'll pay you later, uh, probably, uh, unless we decide that those are going to be budget cuts, in which case we have a, we have a real problem because we have a, hmm. 
20, 20, about $23 million emergency cash reserve. The, the board of trustees has been really smart um, and saved up enough money to keep us alive. But when you think about an institution the size of El Camino College, $23 million is really not that much money. It's not going to keep us, not going to keep us alive for years and years and years. Uh, so mm-hmm. if, we don't, if we don't see the money that was deferred to us, that $23 million uh, emergency cash reserve is now somewhere around a $6 million emergency cash reserve. And you can extrapolate that out one more year and see that we have no money. <laughs> so it's a... No, uh, no. Yeah, okay. I understood. And and, and the hard part about this discussion is that I don't want us all to talk about money. And although it's critical and important, I want each of you to have a a time to talk about the money and then also to talk about what your primary motivation and your primary sort of uh, focus will be uh, on your time on the board. Of course, Ken has been on the board for a while, and so he can speak to history. But Sienna, as you have studied and as you have said, why do I want to be in this race? What is your focus? I mean, what, how do you feel about the budget currently and where the money comes from, Sienna? Well, the primary reason why I'm running, like I said, is because I want to ensure that you know we're financially and fiscally responsible moving forward. Um, in terms of where the money is coming from, it's just like David indicated, it's, we're state-funded. And, you know, it's, it, it depends on full-time enrollment status of students. So the more students we're able to recruit and retain, we also get more funding for that. So that could be a way of changing our fixed income in a way, as, you know, for lack of a better word, but to increase our budget. Um, what was the, rest, the other part of your question? I'm sorry. My motivation? Well, just, or? It, it, well we, we're going to talk about budgets, and we're going to talk about what the state may or may not you know, provide as time goes on, because obviously all states across the country, all 50 states are in a crunch crisis because of the the COVID-19 pandemic. But do you have any other issues that you consider your special purview, your special uh, focus as you as you um, buy against other candidates for the seat? What's your what's your focus going to be as you talk about uh, your candidacy with other with other voters across the across the spectrum. Well, I think you know we would all agree on this, um, regardless of who, what candidate for what seat. The most important thing on the agenda is to hire a president, as you mentioned in the introduction. You know, President Maloney's mm. on our way out, and um, mm. as we're not, as we're navigating these waters of like uncertainty in terms of budget and what's going to happen, and if we're going to get more cuts. We need a strong, fiscally responsible, um, flexible president that's going to take the lead and make sure that we make those decisions and assist the faculty and staff to still instruct our students given all these issues we're going to face. So I think that's one of my main reasons is to like help assist in that search. And I, I have attended a couple of the board meetings with David and Ken in the last month or so where they've put on the search committee to hire that president or at least look for them. And it's, it's great. They're going to have a lot of community involvement, people appointed from the community to assist in that search. So students have a say in it as well, and the taxpayers do too. So I think that's going to be my biggest contribution. I remember being there during the era of Gala where we had a president for 20 years who, you know, things it wasn't always smooth sailing because we had the budget crisis in 08, but we had someone that was there to, like, help us navigate those um, difficult times. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that and with Kenneth, my legal course, background, I'm, sorry. I'm able to, sorry, with my legal background, I'm also able to deal with the legal issues that the, that the college would face and have a perspective from an outsider and assist my fellow board members with any legal issues we may face along the way. Right. Right. Absolutely. And of course, Ken, we know that you've been there at the board, so you, you're intimately familiar with with the ins and outs of the budget as it stands now. Also, are there any other issues that you uh, want to focus on going forward for the next several years? Yeah, absolutely, Joe. I mean, um, obviously the budget coming uh, out of the COVID times or anything related to COVID is, is primary, right? Uh, our students are still, for the most part, not on campus. Uh, we're still doing distance and remote learning. But also we have, um, you know, a second wave or a, another wave of, of, of challenges uh, centered around racial injustice and, and, and inequity. And so those are, and what that looks like at the community college level is when I look at the employees, the faculty, staff, administration, does that, does the faculty, staff, and administration look like the constituents that they're serving? And right now, we're, we're, having, those, we're having those hard questions. We're having those hard conversations because right now it doesn't. Right now it doesn't. And so what are the things that we can do to uh, make it more harmonious, make it more uh, equitable? So that's, that's another huge uh, issue that we have as a, as a, as a community college moving forward. Um, and, and, you know, even before COVID, Joe, we, we, you know, we had, mm. we had challenges. We had, we've always had challenges with enrollment because, uh, like Sienna said, you know, enrollment, you know, drives our, our, our budget. Um, and so even before COVID, we were, we were trying to make sure that our enrollment was high, that we have a, a more than a significant population of students who have food and, and, and housing insecurities. And what that means is, you know, they may not be living on the street, but there's always that question of, okay, where's that next meal coming from? Where am I going to be staying next week? Uh, we have a, you know, we, we, and so we're able to track that. And so these are, these are issues that, that not only El Camino, but, but colleges in California have been, have been having, and, and we can't ignore that. And so um, mm-hmm. those are some of the other big issues, yeah. Okay. okay. Jim, if, if, I may, if I may, like, chime in really yes. quickly. Yeah. Ken, Ken mm-hmm. just mentioned something that, about the social justice movement, and that's something that I wanted to do, too, that I've talked to Bill Beverly about. I mean, we're all familiar in the South Bay about Bruce's Beach, right? And mm. um, if you look into the history of El Camino itself, um, that used to be, it was a Gordon, this gentleman, this black um, entrepreneur owned it back in like the early 50s. And it was like, he was going to build all these beautiful homes there. But eventually the county took um, eminent domain of it. It's a long story with like an, a law firm involved. If you guys want to read more about it, it's on um, this book, uh, Bound for Freedom by Douglas Flaming. But El Camino hmm. itself is, is on that land, and I want to research it and maybe do some type of honoring to the people that, you know, the ancestors of Mr. Gordon and, um, and his, his, his legacy to make sure that we honor the legacy of those students. And I know that Ken has been very vocal about, you know, incorporating more people from Inglewood 
um, and ways to collaborate on a project like that. So I just wanted to chime that in with the social justice stuff we're discussing. Yeah, right, 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 right. Excellent, excellent. Um, so, so we, you know, have this time to to give essentially to give the 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 we want to give the general public those people who see the title El Camino Board of Trustees election to give uh, uh, people a a a taste of what they are choosing between are there are these there are obviously several candidates um for the board of trustees election some of which aren't uh represented here give us give us an idea and we'll start with you sienna give us an idea of other candidates you've heard of running and perhaps platform positions that you don't agree with (laughs) that they may sure uh be uh espousing Sure. So I could speak for my seat. Um, I'm running against Trisha Murakawa. She is a city commissioner for Redondo Beach, but she was also recruited and vetted by the teachers' union to run for this position. Um, mm. You know, she has no links necessarily to El Camino College, so I question the reasons why she is running other than just being someone on the board that would try to get teacher salaries more, you know, increase salaries mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. at the cost of, you know, Exposing our reserves and, and um, our budget and potentially putting the college at risk. There is another person mm-hmm. on the ballot for my particular seat. His name is Peter Aziz, so the, the voters will see his name on it. However, he um, is not actually campaigning or not trying to run. I know he endorsed Tricia at one point, so I don't know their connection. But um, in terms of legacy and um, commitment to the college, I've been committed to El Camino since I was there super involved with all the student government stuff and continue my um, involvement with the college since supporting everyone. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm not going to repeat myself. So I think mm. that I'm doing it for the right reasons. And I'm really concerned about these three union candidates running for the seats that Ken, David and I are on, because if the teachers union candidates do take over the board, we could be in a potential situation like San Francisco community college where it went bankrupt. So um, mm-hmm. we're not just here to, Obviously, we want our teachers to be fully compensated and to the best of our ability, but we're limited by the budget reality. So that's my two cents. And right, and and so so, you know, for this exercise, David, the the idea is to give the electorate some idea of what your platform is, but obviously, there's a, a contrast between David, your platform, and the other people that are running. You must be aware of other people that are running for your seat, and they must have positions that you can articulate that you would say you don't agree with. Is that true, David? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we Unfortunately, we have not had a lot of um, – uh, there, there was only – in my race, there was only one uh, candidate forum, so we didn't really get to debate very much, unfortunately. Um, I'm afraid this, this position is not something people – really understand enough to care about. Uh, but, but yeah, so there are two people uh, like Sienna, there are two people in my, uh, my, or two people who are running against me. Uh, mm-hmm. One is Kathleen Steinbrenner-Mashler. Uh, she is a former Oakland College faculty. 
Um, she essentially said, kind of, kind of similar to Sienna's position or Sienna's uh, uh, opponent. She's not, she's not really campaigning per se, uh, not seeking endorsements, not seeking um, any sort of real, real campaign movement. Um, she said, if she wins, she mm. wins. If she doesn't, she doesn't. Uh, the other hmm. is uh, a woman named Nicole Ryan. Uh, she is a private. Uh, uh, she is a, a volleyball coach at a private school in Brentwood. Uh, she was just like just like Sienna. She was recruited and vetted by the uh, the faculty union. Uh, she some of her some of the things she said in in candidate forms I I disagree with um, uh, dramatically. Um, I. Hmm. I believe that taxpayers and homeowners have a say and should have a representative uh, on the, uh, the board of trustees um, while teachers and faculty and staff and students um, are important. Um, I also believe that, that um, taxpayers and homeowners, uh, I would never say that I'm, I don't care about taxpayers or homeowners uh, because I think that's, mm-hmm. that they're, that they're extremely important in the, in the full picture of the college. I do not believe that we should uh, seek more bonds. Um, as, as Nicole Ryan has, has stated before, uh, we, as, as you mentioned in my biography, I was on the bond oversight committee. Um, I will mm-hmm. say that money invested in community colleges is returned to the community somewhere between six to $8. So don't feel bad about paying your property taxes because it's, it's doing good, but we, uh, we still have, about 200-ish million in bonds. Um, we still have buildings planned out through, I want to say, the end of 2025. It might actually be longer. So my question is, which of our brand new buildings do we want to tear down so that we can build a new building with bond money? Uh, just, just that sort of stuff doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and then the other mm-hmm. side is the uh, pay teachers their fair share, um, and I. Uh, I will agree with that. Absolutely. We should, we should absolutely pay our teachers their fair mm-hmm. share, pay them what they're worth. Um, I think the difference uh, in between the two of us is how we do that and, and what that even means. Um, because, mm-hmm. and this is all, this is all public information, but after, after COVID hit, uh, COVID pandemic shutdown and everything uh, in March, um, in April, the AFT, which is the faculty union, submitted a, its demands to the college about what they, what they essentially wanted. Um, and the, the proposal was to raise salaries by 3.23% plus 4% for the first year, which is a total of, of a, about 7.75% raise, uh, raised it another uh, Another amount on the second year and then another amount on the third year, which uh, by the end of year three, faculty salaries would have been increased by about almost 33%, which mm-hmm. from a, a taxpayer perspective and from a um, private industry perspective, a seeing your salary increase by 30 Incredible. I mean, you can see, you can kind of see why why the AFT would be recruiting and, and trying to get its own, its own um, board of trustee members in place uh, because right. that would be great. But, I mean, when you think about what that means for something as big as an institution as big as El Camino College, that's like somewhere around a $21 million increase to our budget. 
And, and like we mm-hmm. said before, our emergency cash reserves are 23 million, and that's not that's not recurring revenue. That's a that's basically what we have in our that's what we have in our back pocket in case something goes really wrong. So when when in three years you won't have enough money to pay salaries, uh, you're in a you're in a bad spot. Well, well, let me ask Ken about that. Kenneth, you you you've been uh, uh, on the board. Uh, Recent negotiations negotiations with AFT have concluded. Are you happy with the uh, with the agreement? So I, I'm I'm happy with the agreement. I, I'm I'm not happy. I'm happy that we have an agreement. I'm not happy that I can't give my faculty, staff, and police, you know, thirty percent raises. Um, I would love to do that. I just am not in that position to do that as a board member. Um, you know, you heard a little bit about what the requirements of a board member is, the responsibility. We have a fiduciary responsibility. If our college uh, goes into receivership or if the college goes bankrupt, that's not on the people who work at the college. That's on the people who run the institution, and that would be the board of trustees. And so David is absolutely right. Um, we have to look at the big picture all the time. Uh, when we go into negotiations, it's, it's, uh, we send a team in to negotiate. And then the, the different representative, representative bodies send a team to negotiate. And so uh, we've been talking about unions a lot. And um, I want to make sure that, 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 your, that your, your listeners and, and, your, and your viewers understand that uh, the bargaining unit and the, uh, the, the association and the union doesn't necessarily always reflect uh, the members. I have a great relationship with a lot of the, the faculty, a lot of the staff. They come to me all the time. But it always seems that if it's a negotiating year, it's, it's going to be some contention. And so, uh, yes, I'm, I'm happy that negotiations are over. We are, even though we weren't able to give like a huge amount of raises, we were able to uh, give more contribution into um, uh, health care and, and, and make more plans available for all your employees at the, at the district. And so I'm happy about that. I'm happy that we have some stability going into 21. Uh, and and and, for, and if we need to re- reopen due to you know budget cuts or or whatever, we can do that. But this is we're at a better, firmer stance than we were you know going into uh, going into negotiations. So, so to the answer to your question, it's like yes, I, I, hmm. I'm I'm happy that it's over, but I, I do want to keep pushing for higher raises because I think we're one of the best colleges in the in the in the, in the state. And, and that should be reflected in, in uh, the folks who work there as well as their uh, as well as their budget. So, yes. Now, now with all media, as I am a part of the uh, pardon the expression, I'm a part of the fake media. Uh, <laughs> as all media <laughs> has to uh, provide, you know, limits and and focus uh, sort of targets. Um, now, I want to talk about the future. There, there's there's some interest uh, that people may show for for the three of you. Um, you've you've had a chance to tell um, the audience a little bit about yourselves and about how you would approach problems and and solutions. But let's now talk about the future, Sienna. What do you want voters to think about when they say, 
I see Sienna's on the ballot. I've heard her speak. What do you want them to remember that you said? I want, I want them to remember that I'm running because I care about their taxpayers, uh, their money, and I also care about our students, and I want to make sure that we do what's best for everyone. Hmm. 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 Okay, David. The the elevator pitch. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah, I'm gonna, voters to remember that that David said. Yeah, I'm absolutely gonna gonna echo that. That I'm. I uh, I care about El Camino. I've demonstrated that over, uh, as was said a couple times now, my my over a decade of. Uh, leadership on volunteer activities at the college and um, it's just it's a it's a very very important resource to our community and uh, it's not something that needs that should be taken for granted Uh, do your research Mm -hmm. find out uh, find out who's running um, find out who is who is endorsing um, those people I I can can speak for myself I I have the endorsement of, of nearly every school board member uh, in uh, my trustee area, so it's it's important to think about that because school board is very important. But once your once your kid finishes high school, uh, where are they going to go? And if uh, El Camino is not a resource anymore for whatever reason, um, then our community suffers suffers greatly. So so yeah, like like I said, I I'm here because I care about the college. I love El Camino. It was. Uh, extremely important in my development on a product of the college, and uh, and I want it to succeed. Excellent, excellent. Um, Ken, you've you've been on the board. You have uh, a long resume, but but in a conversation at the corner with someone as you're passing, what do you want them to remember uh, about Kenneth Brown that, as they think about uh, voting? Well, Joe, it's, it's about community. Uh, El Camino has been there for the community to educate the community. We have a long track record. Uh, we have a good track record. We're in the top five for transfer students in the CSU's top 10 transfer students in the UC's, and we're actually the number one transfer student, uh, transfer school for minorities in California to UC's and the CSU. We've been doing really well. Can we do better? Yes, but we've been doing really well. And uh, it's one of those diamonds, uh, one of those hidden gems of the city. Uh, every elected official knows about El Camino. Every, every, hmm. uh, most people know about El Camino and the, the work that they've done. What I want hmm. voters and, and, your, and your listeners to remember is it's all about community. We have to have people in these seats who are thinking about community and not just one faction. And so that's what I would want really uh, people to, to, to hear. Uh, like David said, do your research. We've been, I've been working in the community <laughs> uh, since college, you know, trying mm-hmm. to get people to, to college, trying to get people out of college and hiring them at this point from college. The mission has been the same. Uh, this platform is unique. Excellent, excellent. Uh, El Camino is uh, a, a hidden gem. It is a, a certainly a very important part of the South Bay. Uh, my own personal uh, association uh, has been 
through my children. Uh, uh, my wife is a, is a uh, piano teacher, and she's had classes at El Camino. And my uh, association with the Beach City Symphony, um, which has been, uh, uh, you know, 70 years uh, a part of the community here in the South Bay, uh, the Beach City Symphony. You can find out more at Beach beachcitiessymphony.org. Yes, there are two S's in the middle. Uh, beachcitiessymphony.org, which I love uh, and have uh, done many shows on uh, with the past music director, Barry Brisk. Um, so we are, you know, it's, it's just, um, it, it, it's in a way very pleasant to talk about the the election of the El Camino College Board of Trustees because it's a lot different than all the propositions and all of the other national news. Uh, it's it's quite a um, quite a departure and and uh, it's on the ballot, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we have about seven minutes to go, so I guess it's the two minute drill. Uh, David, two minutes. What? are you going to do to help uh, uh, the El Camino College Board of Trustees uh, improve? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, uh, I have a lot of ideas, uh, but like I said, first and foremost, um, fiscal solvency. Uh, we need to make sure that we are in a good position and that we uh, were able to chart these um, extremely rough waters over the next I would say at least three years uh, while everyone gets back on their feet. Um, and I think we need to do that um, in a way that serves all of our stakeholders. Uh, we need to be responsible for, for the people that are, um, that are funding the college. And we need to be responsible for the people that are uh, benefiting from the college, uh, be them either students or, or faculty and staff. Uh, they uh, all, all three all three stakeholders are, are extremely important and need to be um, need to be considered. Uh, I want to continue mm-hmm. some of the work that I started when I was on uh, the foundation. Um, we started the uh, South Bay Promise, uh, which is an amazing program. I'm sure a lot of people who are calling have have heard about that. Maybe even <laughs> it may actually be uh, more front of mind than, than El Camino even. Uh, but getting mm-hmm. students to college uh, is, is very important. I know a lot of the students that I talked to when I was on the foundation um, said they wouldn't, they wouldn't have even thought about going to college. It just was not something that was possible for them uh, mm-hmm. without the South Bay Promise. And the South Bay Promise made it so that they could be the first in their, their, first in their family. I mean, uh, it's just some of these stories that you, you hear when we would read hundreds of scholarships a year hundreds of scholarship wow. applications a year, and just the kind of stuff that people would do to go through um, just to get an education. I mean, it's, some people take it for right. granted, but these students are uh, are desperate to learn, desperate to improve their lives, and we can help them. Uh, stuff like the Warrior Pantry. Uh, there's a lot of ways that we can, as a campus, take students and make them succeed. And one of the ways is to um, make their lives easier and make it so that they don't have to worry about where their next meal is coming from. There, as Ken said, there's a lot uh-huh. of uh, food insecurity uh-huh. in the community college um, student body. And uh, so we started, we at the foundation worked really hard and start, helped start the, uh, the Warrior Pantry so that 
students can, yeah. I mean, think how much better you can do in your studies when you don't have to wonder where your next meal is coming from. So it's, uh, I, I, it's there's, a, there's a lot of ways you can help our students. Well, well, thank you for that. Thank you for that, David. And Sienna, uh, the same question to you. What would you say to, to voters that the, uh, how important it is to choose the right candidate for the governing board of the El Camino College Board of Trustees? Well, Joe, to piggyback on what you said earlier, your wife is, uh, you know, taking piano lessons there. El Camino to me is, is like family, and I think it's important to choose someone that's going to continue that family legacy throughout the years. I went there as a transfer student. I mean, I went there and transferred to USC. My husband did too, but he also went to the El Camino Fire Academy, and now he's a firefighter for LA City. So I've seen it from both ends. Um, we're a product of, of, like, the vocational programs and the transfer programs. And I think that's what I want to really focus on in helping more students follow their, their heart's passion. And um, I know SCROC is a, you know, another staple of the South Bay, the regional, regional Occupational Center, and that's struggling with a lot mm-hmm. of financial issues. And I feel like there's a, there's a way of working it out with El Camino. I don't know all the ins and outs, but I'm willing to sit down and kind of spearhead that to make sure that our high school students that go to SCROC are able to continue that um, path as well. I want to work on retention and recruitment as a first-generation college student who, um, you know, probably would have used the Warrior Pantry had it existed back then. So thanks, David, for creating that. Now I actually donate to it because I realized I had to choose between, you know, sometimes buying books and and, um, eating. That's very important for students that, you know, are struggling financially to have that. And continue something like the South Bay Promise be fantastic. Um, also work with local mm-hmm. businesses in the area to maybe facilitate internships and and um, classes and apprenticeships for our students so that way they're investing in their own, you know, future. Like they have people that continue their businesses and um, are more of a collaborative effort with El Camino. And obviously we want to make sure that we attract and retain the best faculty and administrators for our college to spearhead um, the future of El Camino. So I, I would encourage everyone to research on me and, and know that my heart's in the right place and I want to do it because I really do love this college. Thank you. Fantastic. And Ken, I want to thank you for joining us, a sitting board member. What can we do to further the, the mission of El Camino College uh, in the South Bay? Well, as I appreciate that, Joe, and, and thank you very much for this invitation. But the the bottom line for your listeners and for or for or for viewers is paying attention to what's happening local politicians uh, politics that you can that you can get. Um, but it affects so many students, right? We have thirty five thousand students at El Camino. Um, we, we, uh, community colleges are responsible for 40% of the, of the transfers and students into UCs and CSUs. This stuff is important. Uh, it may be, you know, on, on my ballot in Inglewood, it's the first, uh, it's the first uh, choice that you, can, that you can have. You know, you'll see Ken Brown at the top. So what I want people to know is that this is important. We have a budget shortfall coming up. Uh, how we deal with that? Is, is directly uh, uh, attributed to how the board responds. If, the, if you have a non-functioning board and they just want to, you know, buy everybody Ferraris, then you're not going to have a place for those 35,000 students to, uh, to attend. And so 
So that's, that's why it makes sense. I mean, look, we have a couple of things that we, we're, we're looking at in the future between uh, enrollment. Obviously, we talked about that. Um, obviously, the school has to keep their accreditation. We're looking at COVID and the method of, of, of instruction. There's a lot of big issues that affect families, not just students, but the students and the students' families. And so that's why it's so important mm. to, to pay attention and do mm. research. Mm. And, and, and thank you very much for, for, for letting me uh, uh, talk about all the great things that El Camino is doing. Well, it's been a wonderful, wonderful show, absolutely. Uh, David uh, Kartsunas, uh, uh, Sienna uh, Cuyado, Boutte, and uh, Kenneth Brown, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much much. much for the opportunity. It's been a wonderful discussion. I, I hope that more people will educate themselves. Please share this show with everyone that you know uh, should be uh, educated about uh, the candidates that are available uh, for El Camino College uh, uh, Governing Board of Trustees. Uh, Thank you for listening, everyone, and uh, we will uh, see you tomorrow. Uh, Thank you, everyone, and uh, bye-bye. And Jackie, I hope you're having a wonderful time. Bye-bye, everyone. Don't forget to vote. Bye. Don't forget to vote. Don't forget to vote. There you go. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.